it highlights that there's a massive gap in the market for pop music that has been graded and especially at the lower grades and also for for pop music that is arranged in a consistent way for at consistent difficulty levels you know there's so many method books that very gradually lead people by the hand in increasing levels of difficulty with classical music that sort of very gradually make the arrangements more complicated and there isn't really anything equivalent that does that with pop music other than rock school really as far as i'm aware of and so really there's a huge gap in the market for this and so abrsm are leaping in with this very gradually ascending difficulty level pop music Hello and welcome to the Heart of the Piano podcast where we are as always exploring the world of piano. Today I'm bringing you a review of the new ABRSM pop performer books. I say new, uh, it's been out for a few months, a couple of months and uh, apologies to ABRSM for taking a while to make this review but I really wanted to have a very very thorough look at this so so I've had a look at this every piece quite a few times compared it to other books compared it to other syllabuses I'm going to go into quite a lot of detail here and if you stick around until the end uh, I'm going to play you clips from quite a few of these pieces to illustrate what they're like which I'm, I'm sure I, I think this might be one of the only places where you can do this and uh, yeah stay tuned for a very thorough review of uh, these hotly anticipated books so I think that there's been a lot of buzz about these because, uh, you know, when you do an ABRSM exam, most of it is classical. You've got your list C section where you've got your inevitable Nicky Isles and uh, Christopher Norton uh, pop jazz rock offerings. But a lot of people uh, want to do pop music as well, whether that's adults, whether that's kids. I've got to say uh, already into this review that for people who are sort of more interested in the pop side of things, I'm going to question why are you doing ABRSM? Why are you not doing something like rock school? But anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to that. So yeah, to start with, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the difference between classical and pop. Uh, and to me, that there is quite a big difference. And uh, to anyone who's been listening to the podcast right from the beginning, from the first episodes that I did with uh, with Andy. I think I in the very first episode, um, from what I can remember, I think uh, we did discuss some of the main differences between classical and pop. And for me, what it is, is that classical, it's very horizontal. <laughs> now, what I mean by that, it's not that it's lying down. It's that really um, the emphasis is on the melodies and on having melodies that fit against melodies, which are called counter melodies or counterpoint. Whereas pop music, it's a lot more vertical. And by that, I mean that there's more emphasis on chords. There's more emphasis on harmony. So for example, for me, when I think about what I would do with a simple pop song, really for me, what I would do, my personal choice to give it a pop flavor is to have a tune and then to have the chords, which is why so many pop songs are available as what are called lead sheets, or they're in fake books, or real books, or whatever you want to call it. And what this looks like, this basically just looks like the melody in the treble clef. It's just one line, one melody, with a load of chords written above it. And that's because this is really kind of how most people think about pop music, and how most people play it. It's a melody, and it has chords. Now, What's really going on here in these ABRSM books, 
for various reasons that I'm guessing at, is that it's been arranged more in a bit of a classical style. So there's less vertical thickness. There's less like of the thick chords. And there's more like um, just a melody going across with maybe a counter melody going with it. So here I'm going to play an example of that. And what's interesting is that if you look at a, an exam board like Rock School, which are specifically basing the pieces more on pop music, pop, rock, uh, you know, whatever, um, the arrangements are more in a pop style, in a pop idiom. They're, they are usually have a much thicker texture. But again, I'm, I'm going to come back to this in a minute. So for me, one of the biggest weaknesses of these particular ABRSM books is that I would argue they're not really in a pop style. They're sort of more in a classical style. Now, I can, I think I can understand some of the reasons why they've done this. And one of the biggest reasons why they've done this is because every single piece they've graded. So, which is really useful. Uh, so if you're taking grade one, if you're taking grade two, grade four, you can take one of the pieces in this book and you don't even have to ask ABRSM or try and work out is this going to be the right grade you know this is going to be performable at the grade that you're doing which is great if you're doing a performance exam uh, an ABRSM performance exam which means it's online you have a free choice of a fourth piece so you can just use one of these pop pieces and uh, yeah that that's great that that's really useful if you find something that's made in a little bit more of a pop style then yeah it doesn't really quite fit into the ABRSM structure so well so really where this falls in terms of the style um i think very clearly it's people who are learning classical music they want they want classical technique uh that they're, they're walking down a classical path but they also want some pop music and so for that i can totally understand how taking pop music and arranging it in kind of a classical style this is going to be really useful but to people who are just fundamentally more interested in pop music as the core of what they do I'm going to question these books and uh, I'm going to recommend that maybe you want to go down a different route. Rock School are very, very good at this. So um, I think that one of the biggest challenges in pop music is that it's very, very difficult usually rhythmically for people to play the melodies pop melodies anything other than classical melodies they tend to have a lot of syncopation they're quite intricate they're the kind of things that they're easy to hear they're easy to sing but if you want to write them down and if you want to read the rhythms they're very actually very difficult so especially in the first book in grades initial to three it's very very challenging to make this something that sounds good at that level so part of the challenge is the melodies but then also if you choose to focus on making it as a classical arrangement rather than a pop arrangement i think it is possible to have pop arrangements at at quite um, an easy level that sound okay but if you go down the classical route and you try and have 
counterpoints, counter melodies. You don't have so much vertical thickness. You know, you don't have many notes in each chord. It sounds very clunky. Um, it sounds like like a piece for beginners that sounds very clunky, where really it doesn't need to sound quite that clunky. So, you know, if you think about it, there's an awful lot of people who play piano in a rock pop style who've never had piano lessons, who've kind of taught themselves, who are not, who don't really have great classical technique. And a lot of pop pianists and performers sound really good without actually being great pianists. And the problem here <laughs> is that they're not really using those kinds of tricks that, that those kinds of performers are using. They're just going, right, this is the kind of things that you're going to need to be doing if you're going to be a classical pianist. And so um, they're, they're making you play it in a way which is more classical that just isn't going to sound as good. But then you have the benefit of being on your classical journey. You're, you're being very um, virtuous, walking down the path of becoming a very good pianist who can play a lot of classical, having also thrown some pop music in. Um, and, you know, I'm going to give you a lot more examples later when I actually go through some of the individual pieces. So one advantage to using rock school for people who are really interested in focusing on, on a core of pop music, what they do is almost all the songs have backing tracks. And this very neatly gets around this problem that pop music sounds better when you've got thick vertical textures because this is then what the backing tracks do and then you can play much more simple tunes i say simple but actually rock school can be incredibly difficult in terms of rhythm in particular because the rhythms are so much more sophisticated and difficult than anything you get um in in early classical. And, and also, as you progress through the rock school grades, very often you need way more in the independence of the hands than you're going to have in the equivalent classical grades. But basically, in the earlier grades, you can play in a way that is just so rewarding because you've got the, the sounds of the backing tracks. Uh, yeah, co compared to that, the ABRSM pieces just sound really like for beginners and very clunky like like I've I've said quite a few times now. Now there is a um a negative to that approach with rock school, which is that if you want to have um a, a free choice piece for your ABRSM exam, you obviously can't choose the majority of the rock school ones because you you can't use a backing track in your ABRSM exam. And then also of course if you want to perform the pieces that, that you've spent some time learning, let's say if you're at school, you want to perform in a school assembly or a school concert or, you, you know, whatever it is, you can't perform it without the backing track. And that can be logistically difficult. So, you know, what's nice about the ABRSM pieces is that if you have a piano, you can just perform them. So, you know, it's, it's um, pros and cons. Having said that, though, for me, another one of the huge weaknesses of these ABRSM arrangements is that they are really short. I mean, like crazy short, like you blink and it's over. 
I think there's、uh, a couple of possible reasons for this. One is they can fit more pieces in each book, which makes it a bigger selling point that that you're actually paying for more pieces. But in my opinion, if you ever want to perform these pieces, that they just don't sound like events because they're just so short and they're just over so quickly. And if you you know even from the very early rock school grades, they're just a bit more substantial, so that when you perform them. You feel like it's a performance, but then I think there's another reason as well, which is that ABRSM exams are very short. When you look at how long the exams、um, are allowed to be, the, the the maximum length of each、um, exam, and you compare、uh, with all the different examination boards, ABRSM are very very short, shorter than most of the other examination boards. As I remember, Rock School, I think, are quite generous with how long your exam can be. So it it means that they give you pieces which are longer because they can be longer because your exam is more time. ABRSM tries to take more money for less time. <laughs> it's、um, it's true, you know. It's it's true. Anyway, so what's interesting as well, seeing as I am here comparing ABRSM and Rock School, there is some overlap. There are、um, a few places where pieces in the ABRSM pop performer books are also in the Rock School books, and、um, as it happens. Uh, there are some pieces that are in the in the rock school book as solo arrangements, so we can really make a direct comparison.、Uh, off the top of my head, I think there's some in grade four or five, but I'm going to come to that later in the review. And you can exactly compare in the same grade. Here is the ABRSM、um, pop performer arrangement, and here is the rock school solo version. And hands down. Rock School is easily better, and, and I will play them later and demonstrate this for you. The Rock School ones are just obviously better arrangements. Yeah, it's a shame about that. But then, you know, having said that, in the ABRSM, certainly in the Grades Four and Five book, you've got sixteen solo arrangements, whereas in Grade Four Rock School, you only have two pieces which you can play solo. And off the top of my head, is it something like five or six pieces in total? So that is an advantage to the ABRSM that you get more pieces, and they're all solo arrangements. So you know, it really depends on on what you want. But if if you don't mind paying for one book with Rock School that is Grade Four that only has two solo pieces. They are so superior, even if there's only two solo ones that you can get. So you know, it, it just really depends on what you're after. So another issue to be aware of is that I think it's very important when you're making books of pop arrangements for people to play. It's very important to choose pieces that are suitable that are going to translate well to piano. One of the things a lot of people moan about. With modern pop music, and I've, I've got to admit, I, I might, I might moan every now and then <laughs> about this kind of thing, which is that modern pop music is much more about texture and color. So it's sort of like the the timbre of, of the instruments.、Um, instruments are, you know, whatever sounds are, are being synthesized. It's all about the textures, whereas. In ye olden days, before like、um, music of the last decade, or yeah, mostly the last decade, I think. But before that, music was much more about the melody and about harmony 
and about structure. But now I think, you know, like sometimes when my students bring me pieces that, that they'd like to do, um, because, I, you know, I, I'm quite happy to work with, with pop music and rock music with, with my students. And uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, bring it and let's have a look at it and let's see what we can do with it on the piano. And uh, sometimes I laugh because it's just like, it's just one chord sequence. It's just one very simple chord sequence from beginning to end with barely any melody. I'm like, how, how is that a, a song? <laughs> but then, you know, there's a lot of people on YouTube who talk about this and point out that, that there's um, a real craft and a skill to that instead of melody and harmony, that it's all about the textures and that this is just an, uh, an important skill uh, as, as was melody and harmony. So bear in mind that if you choose some songs that are mostly driven by texture and have very little in the way of melody and, um, and harmony, they're not going to sound too good on the piano. And I've got to say that, you know, there were some points when I was going through all of the, uh, the, these pieces in the ABRSM pop performer, when I was really questioning some of the choices of pieces, thinking this just, this was the wrong choice. Um, because what made the original piece so special was the textures, which just doesn't translate over to piano. So, and, and again, I'm going to go through that when I talk about the individual pieces. So another criticism, I am being quite critical about these, but you know, okay, before, before I, let, let me rewind a little bit from all of this criticism, because I'm going to try and talk about what's positive about these. I think that ABRSM have been accused of being not only a bit stuffy in their approach, but also maybe a little bit narrow in the composers. Like they've had some flack in recent years for not having composers of colour, women composers, you know, issues of representation, really. So it's nice to see ABRSM branch into pop music, where you're obviously going to have much more diverse representation of music creators. And it's nice that ABRSM clearly want people to have fun and to play pieces that they're going to enjoy and uh, have fun with, which, you know, I'm a classical performer. So to me, yeah, I love and enjoy classical music, but I think it can be a hard sell <laughs> for, for some people. So, you know, it's nice to to see ABRSM try to make piano more accessible to as many people as possible. And to that end, make them in a kind of classical arrangement so that people who are interested in pop music start to explore a classical way of approaching things. Uh, not that classical is better, but... Um, it's just nice to to open it up, um, uh, open up the, the road to classical music for people who might be interested in it. And it's also nice that APRSM are willing to spend some money on copyright, <laughs> because I think um, sometimes it seems like APRSM might be a little bit stingy in the kinds of composers who they include in their syllabus when it involves issues of copyright. And it's great to see ABRSM teaming up with Hal Leonard because it can't be cheap to have all these um, high-profile names in the books. That's great that they're willing to go down this road where copyright is going to be way more challenging. And I'm pretty sure... I, I remember, actually, when I was working for Yamaha um, with their um, rock guitar syllabus years ago, and um, copyright 
put such a dampener on on so many songs that that they wanted to put in the book. So so yeah, it's it, the, the Hal Leonard um, partnership is fantastic. Now to come back to um, some of the more negatives about this, they've tried to make these pop performer books look as well poppy <laughs> as possible yeah they're very colorful uh they've got sort of a very fun font on them but you know i used to be a rock pop photographer professional for a long time and what was interesting about that job was that as a classical musician and as a rock musician for most of my life up until i became a photographer I just did not understand the music industry. I didn't understand why with were so many bands that I just did not appreciate. <laughs> Let's put it that way, that, that I didn't rate. I was I just did not understand the way that the world worked. It's like how come everyone is listening to this and how's this so popular? And then I became a photographer. I was like, ah, this is how the music industry works. It, it's all about how it looks. <laughs> and, um, you know, I could tell very, very quickly as a photographer whether or not a band was going to be successful or not. It almost didn't matter what they sounded like, but how they photographed made such a giant difference to to whether they were going to be successful or not. And by that, I don't mean that they had to be pretty or good looking or you know handsome or you know what whatever it's not that you've got to be amazing looking it's more that if you are very striking visual and you have a very strong visual character then chances are you're going to make it in the in the pop industry or, or the rock industry you know in in the music world Classical music is a bit different. There's like a reverse snobbishness that the better somebody looks and the better their CD covers look, there's a suspicion that people think they're probably not very good then. <laughs> and uh, I think this is why classical concerts, almost by design, look so off-putting for people who aren't used to that world. Um, you know, everyone dresses very boringly. And when people like Yuja Wang come along, it causes so much controversy and so much outrage. And, um, you know, I've got my own views on that. I'm not going to go into it now. But I think, you know, amongst the, the wider music world, there is a suspicion of like, well, why do you feel that you need to do that? Why can't you just let the music speak for itself? The The pop world could not be more different. It's all about how it looks. And, um, APRSM's books have not done a great job inside the cover with graphic design, with uh, photos of the artists, with uh, with any of that stuff. Um, in fact, um, when you look at each piece, so so basically uh, on uh, where is it? Something like uh, page one, two, three. On page three, you've got an index which says the artist who. Um, recorded the song but then when you actually go and look at the sheet music for each piece it, it doesn't actually tell you who's famous for having recorded it. it just tells you the songwriters which a lot of the time uh is not who you associate with the song and there's i think once you've opened the book there's not one single image or piece of graphic design anywhere in the entire book i've got to say that probably if you pick up any and i mean any book of pop music 
you're going to find some images somewhere because this is just the world of pop music. That That's just, you know, speaking as a photographer who's been in that world, I'm like, oh, I get it now. It's so image-led. Whether you like it or not, it's image-led. And so you've got this this cover, which is basically just a a, a fun font, and with and that's it. That's the extent of the graphic design and the um, the images. Uh, there are no images inside the book. Now that's probably fine if you're an older adult, but if you're if if you're thinking that this might be a great book to get your kids, if you're a teacher or you're a parent and you want to get your students or your kids, you know, interested in uh, the ABRSM exam and and you want to get them this book and be like, yeah, look at this pop music that you can do. Let's get you all enthusiastic about it. Um, Young kids are probably going to look at it and go boring because it just looks totally boring. And I think that's a shame. I, I think... Yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned well done ABRSM for tackling the thorny issue of copyright and obviously spending a bit more money. But you could maybe have spent a bit of money to photographers and, you know, like I'm sure you could have bought some some cheaper stock art of some of these artists from somewhere. Surely it wouldn't have cost you that much to, to have some images in there. You know, speaking as a photographer, I'm sure that, that you could have sourced some pretty cheap photography from somewhere to have just made this a bit more appealing for people who are in the pop world who demand images, basically, because that, that's just, you know, how it is. And, you know, again, when you compare it to rock school, rock school totally understand this. You know, rock, rock school, uh, when you look at their books, they're so strong on image, so strong. And speaking as a classical musician, it's very sad <laughs> that, that that is the way of the world. Personally, it annoys me. Even as a photographer, you know, even when I was a music photographer earning my money from that, it still annoyed me. It's like, why don't you guys listen with your ears than, than with your eyes? But anyway, that, that's, that's just how the world is. So um, anyway, so following on from that, I also feel like in many ways... I don't know who these books are for. You've got loads of pieces in the book that are uh, in, in each book. So so I actually made the spreadsheet. Um, I went through every single piece and I made the spreadsheet of what decade they were from to, to get a you know, much better idea of um, the balance of um, when all these pieces are taken from. And it's actually quite a widespread. But, um, you know, there's a lot of pieces that, I have not come across because for the last 10 years, I've basically been living in a cave when it comes to pop music. (laughs) I've not known what the the current pop music is. So there's a lot of stuff in there that I've looked at and gone, um, I have no idea what that is. And I did actually make a massive, massive effort for every single song that I played through in in both books. I went and listened to the original um, piece um, to, to get an idea of what the arrangement was like, uh, which was very interesting because in the book, some of the arrangements actually sounded okay on paper. But when I listened back to the original, I was like, this sounds nothing like the original, which makes me think that, that people who, who were excited about playing that original piece are going to play the version in the book and go, what's this? Anyhow, so you've got very, very contemporary, very fresh songs in here that are clearly clearly for younger kids who know what all this stuff is where the older adults just aren't going to have a clue but then you've got so many older songs here that to me i'm like 
can they even end up in a pop book? Are they like, aren't they just so completely out of touch with what young people are going to want? And I will give examples to this later as I go through the individual pieces. So I, I just feel that it's very, very confused um, about, you know, I, I, is this book for young people? There's a lot of songs here that I think would be great for people who are 60 wanting to do pop music from their youth or music that they're very, very familiar with. Um, and I feel like it's just, in a way, trying to please too many people at the same time, in a way that actually just comes across as, uh, yeah, you know, like I said before, it doesn't have any of the images. To, to me, really, where this would shine best is for older adults or adults in general who want to play some pop music but then i wouldn't have included all these songs that a lot of adults will just never have heard of from the last five ten years so anyway let's get to the individual pieces and i'm going to play you excerpts from as many of them as i can uh, without the uh, review just becoming way way too long uh i always every single time i record a review i think it's this one's going to be short i'm absolutely going to make this a short review and then before i know it, it's another hour long review again but uh anyway i, I hope it's useful because uh, uh like i said i don't think that you can hear uh, examples of most of these pieces anywhere else so i'm going to start with the first book which takes us from initial grade to grade three it, it's off to a very very strong start with Clocks by Coldplay. Uh, I've got to say that it's going to sound a little bit odd with no pedal, but it's a really, really good choice. It's, it's, it's a song that just sounds very, very good on the piano, and it's going to be quite rewarding for most people. And then you've got Lean On Me by Bill Withers. Uh, and I've written in my notes here, there's some odd moments here to keep it simple. Uh, but it's a good choice piece. Um, it's not the most inspired arrangement here, but it's okay. And this is a song that um, is actually also in the rock school debut grade. So, you know, I think that the rock school version is way better, but it needs a backing track. So there is that to bear in mind. And you've got the song Love Is All Around by Wet, Wet, Wet. I've written here, it's a clumsy arrangement. And bar four, 
in particular, or is it bar nine? I can't read my writing, but I'm going to play the the uh, the corresponding passage. Uh, um, it's it's I for me, it's very very clashy. And then um, I was talking before about how a lot of modern pop music is driven by textures rather than melody and harmony. So, so then we've got this Astronomia uh, song here. And I've written, this is a very, very ambitious song choice because it's very driven by textures. And I've written that it's not stellar, pun intended, grown. <laughs> anyway... And uh, I think compared to um, some other reviewers, I've really made an effort to go and listen to the original versions uh, rather than just playing in the book and going, oh, yeah, this sounds okay. And for grade one, there's this song, We Found Love by uh, Rihanna. And um, when I listen to the original, I'm like, there's a really important rhythmic pattern, a a rhythmic motif, if if you want to call it that, which is really the, the most defining element of the song. And it's not in the arrangement in the ABRSM book. And in fact, it, it took me ages to work out if it was even the same song that was in the ABRSM book. I was like, have they made a mistake? Is this a different song? It just sounds like a completely different song in, in the book to actually what, what it sounds like. So I've written um, the melody of the chorus is the same, but the chord sequence is totally different. They've changed the chord sequence. It sounds like a totally different song. Um, I, I don't even recognize the first few bars of this arrangement. Uh, I was trying to think it reminds me of a different song. I think it, it reminds me of an Adele song. It's just, I, I just couldn't figure out what they'd done. So it's like they, they've kept the melody, changed the chorus and threw away the most defining element of the original song. Um, other than that, it's probably okay. <laughs> And in grade one, we also have um, Imagine by John Lennon. And I've written it's a very classical arrangement. And I've written it's very hard to really destroy this piece. (laughs) But in this very sort of simple, classical, you know, like not having much vertical thickness in the chords, it's not really my taste the way that this arrangement has been done. Another grade one piece, Be My Baby by the Ronettes. I've written, yeah, like, wow, how relevant is this for most kids, for most young kids who are wanting to do pop music? And this is very much arranged in the style of a classical grade one piece. And and I don't mean that in a good way. (laughs) 
Uh, and again, I've written here, there is such a thing as vertical harmony and chords, uh, exclamation mark. And then I also, when I got to the end, it's like, what is this horrendous, cheesy jazz ending? And then when, who's arranged this? Oh, it was Nicky Isles. Okay. <laughs> so I just thought this, this, uh, this uh, ending was just so unnecessarily cheesy jazz. Um, but yeah, anyway. And then also at grade one, we've got Let It Go from Frozen. Uh, I've written, yeah, it should be enjoyable. There's some nice parts to the arrangement. It's so short. Poor little Timmy or, you know, whoever, or female version of Timmy, um, who's uh, going to perform this. And it's just so insubstantial <laughs> it's just over so quickly it's only the introduction and the chorus and i'm not a fan of the the low chords in the left hand Now, this piece is actually in rock school grade four, so it's much more of an event. It's, it's much more of a, a thing that you really perform, you know, and uh, yeah, it works really well in the, in the rock school version. And we've also got Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. And um, yeah, the original song is written quite well and, uh, and is a good choice for piano. But then it's turned into quite a clunky arrangement, in my opinion. Now, grade two, uh, we don't talk about Bruno from the film Encanto. Superb choice, great song. It's very ambitious, though, uh, quite tricky rhythms. Uh, the arrangement stays quite close to the original, which is great. And I love uh, having a piece with a Latin feel at grade two. That's uh, very commendable, Re really like that. So as I've gone through these pieces, I've given some smiley faces and some smiley faces and asterisks uh, to say, yeah, I've really enjoyed this. I think this this one's really excellent. And so um, 
The Joker and the Queen, uh, which is Ed Sheeran featuring Taylor Swift. Um, I've put a smiley face and an asterisk on this one. Good song choice. Uh, it already has quite a prominent piano part in the original, which makes this a, a good piece to choose. And it's in the same key as the original, so you can play along with, with the original in places. Uh, it works quite well in a pop style. So, yeah, excellent choice, this one. And I really did not like the arrangement of My Girl, The Temptations. And I've written, this does not work for me at all. I've underlined that. Overly fussy and unorganic rhythms for the melody. Odd choice to put the melody of the chorus in the left hand. And then I noticed and went, oh, Nicky Isles. And um, uh, yeah, I did actually review some Nicky Isles stuff for my podcast recently, uh, a few months ago. And I think I had a similar criticism that, I, you know, I respect her very much. I think she's a superb arranger but not at the lower grades. I think she's a much better arranger for like grade five upwards. Uh, every time I, I came across a piece which is like, what on earth is this? <laughs> Quite a lot of the time I'd look and see, oh, oh, it's Nikki Isles. Okay, so, sorry, Nikki. And speaking of which, there's an arrangement of We Are the Champions by Queen. Such a great song. Such potential. Um, everyone loves this song. Who doesn't love this song? And uh, I've written, it's another horrendously cheesy Nicky Isles ending. <laughs> not, and I'm not a fan of what she's done with the harmonies in, in this version. I, I think she's oversimplified the harmonies. And I know it's challenging when you've got to simplify stuff down for the lower grades. But I, I can't help but feel that it could have been done better and that this is just too horizontal. It's too kind of classical a style. Even though Nicky Els is a jazz arranger, it just feels very classical in in that it's it's not thicker vertically and it's got some odd harmonies. We've got Make You Feel My Love by Bob Dylan, according to the book. This is another little gripe that I've got with the ABRSM books, which is that it's kind of obvious that there's a few times that pieces have been listed with the index listing who it is who made the song famous. 
And I don't think most people know this song from Bob Dylan. I think most people know this song from Adele. You know, if you Google it, I think Adele comes up. This is how everyone knows this song. So, you know, if you go and actually listen to the Bob Dylan original, um, I think most people are going to run away screaming from the quality of his voice. <laughs> you know, certainly if you play it to young kids and go, and, and you go, right, this is what the original is taken from, and you play the Bob Dylan version, they're going to go, ah, what is this? I think really they needed to say Adele, but I don't know if that, if they would have hit copyright problems. I mean, they did list um, Adele in uh, in the song in the second book, in the more advanced book, but yeah, yeah, really it needed to say Adele, but I, I don't know if they, they had copyright issues. And in grade three, Both Sides Now by Joni Mitchell. This has a smiley face and an asterisk. Uh, and I've written lovely song. But, you know, is this relevant as pop? Does this really belong in a pop book? I don't, I don't know uh, how many young people know this, but it's a great song. It's beautiful. Um, some things I'm not that keen on, like um, from bar nine, it's been given a new chord sequence. So the start of bar 11 has a really, really disturbing dissonance to my ear. And I wanted to write down a, a, a vomiting emoji because <laughs> it, it really bothered me. It really bothered me, you know, why that chord sequence has been changed. It just doesn't work. But other than that, it's a reasonable arrangement. It's quite sugary and I've written like a Disney song, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice arrangement. I think people are going to enjoy it. Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. Not sure about this arrangement. It's a superb song. Really like it, but it sounds very forced and odd on the piano. Surely the semiquavers are swung because it doesn't say that. And it sounds very odd with straight semiquavers. To me, it, it really needs to have swung semiquavers. But uh, I, I, because if you just say steady reggae as your um, direction, it, it, I don't think that communicates to most classical people, oh yeah, you're going to need to swing those semiquavers. And then we have Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. And uh, I've written that the arrangement sounds great, but oh my God, the rhythms are so tricky for grade three. Surely this is above grade three level. There's so much coordination between the hands needed uh, as well. So surely this is going to be sort of pretty tricky.
So interestingly, this is also a rock school debut grade, which um, is a lot more achievable in that arrangement, obviously. And then we have Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. I'm going to say surely most people know this from the Jeff Buckley version. Because when you listen to both versions and you look at the arrangement, it is obviously more based on the Leonard Cohen version. I think this is a mistake. I think they needed to base it on the Jeff Buckley version. Again, maybe there were copyright issues uh, if if they'd actually said that in the book. I, uh, I don't know. So, yeah, people are definitely going to enjoy this, but but you can't really go that wrong when, when you arrange this song. Um, almost anybody could, could just arrange this in a way that, that wouldn't go spectacularly wrong. And actually, this song is in rock school grade one as a solo version. I just think that that is a, is a winner at grade one rather than sort of a mediocre version at grade three in ABRSM. Uh, the rock school grade one solo version is, is pretty good. But you know, it, you know, again, if if you get this book, it's it's decent enough. It's fine. And then the last song is "No Time to Die" by Billy Eilish, and uh, and I've written, "Wow, what a fun song to play!" Such a it's such a well written song, and for the most part, the arrangement works very well. Uh, I've written it's very easy for grade three, um, in my opinion, but it's a hit, and yeah, it's it's excellent. Um, uh, it's got my smiley face, my full approval. And then we move on to the second book. This is grades four and five. And we start with a very, very strong start. This is in the Dell song, uh, Smiley Face, my stamp of approval. Uh, I've written another winner from Andrew Dunlop because I've noticed that this guy tends to do quite good arrangements throughout both books. 
It needs ideally some skillful pedal, which might be a bit ambitious for grade four. And it's got some tricky rhythms, but it's a very, very um, professional sound for grade four, meaning that anyone who plays this sounds like a pop pianist, um, which which is great. And so I think this is sort of really the first place where I thought, oh, yeah, this is really in a pop style. You know, this works. Um, but I also wrote that, well, this is just normal for rock school, that it sounds like what a, a pop pianist would play. Anyhow, and then I've notated a, a very unhappy face with titanium, um, which uh, I've written this. At first, it's nothing like the original. But after a while, then I recognize some melody and chord progressions. But it's really quite a stretch. It's far too reworked with insanely difficult rhythms for grade four. And I think not rewarding enough for the amount of effort that someone's going to need to put into it. Uh, I've also written that there's some quite bad editing as in visual editing, uh, that the rhythms just don't look proportional. So it's quite hard to read. And then I have another very unhappy face next to Don't Know Why by Nora Jones. I've written it's a very odd arrangement by Nicky Isles, um, which is very awkward and clunky in places. And I've sort of written here, why start with such odd harmonies? It just doesn't seem very faithful to the original. And the original was beautiful. I love the original song. So why try and do such outside things with it? Interestingly, this is a rock school grade three solo piece. And the grade three solo version, in my opinion, is just works so much better than this Nikki Isles grade four version. I, I like the song Scared to be Lonely. Um, it's in the same key as the original, uh, so it's possible to kind of play along with it. There's some really tricky rhythms in here for grade four, but I've written that I can really see kids enjoying this if they've got the patience for it. Uh, it's very, very skillfully arranged. Mm -hmm. 
So, so when you have these kinds of songs in grade four or any of the earlier grades, I think that sometimes it's achievable to teach by rote. So rather than expecting young kids to learn really tricky rhythms like in this song, you know, you can just break it down in a lesson and just sort of teach it by ear. And then it, it should be achievable for kids who've got patience. And then I've got a happy face here for Song for Guy by Elton John. Here's another one that you can play along with the original because it's in the same key. Uh, it's not a massively inspired arrangement. It's good enough. Um, it's easier than the other grade four pieces so far. There, there, there's a lot of very ambitious grade four pieces, but it is achievable and rewarding, which is why it earns a, a happy face from me. Another Happy Face, All of Me by John Legend. Again, it's a good enough arrangement. It's not stellar. It's not incredible, but it's good enough. It's uh, it's um, easy enough, but it's a really, really lovely song. So it's going to be very rewarding for people. Very interesting to note that All of Me is also a rock school grade four solo piece. So this is a, in direct competition. So um, ABRSM, All of Me, John Legend, rock school, grade four solo. And here we can directly compare them and see that the rock school version is just so obviously better. You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Some very strange chords in here. It's a little bit too classical an arrangement for me, but there's some nice moments. It's really hard to go wrong with this song. Yeah, it's really hard to completely murder it. So um, it's not the most inspired arrangement, but it's, it's rewarding enough. Dancing Queen by ABBA. Who doesn't love this song? Everyone likes this song. It's an, an unhappy face from me. It's clumsy arrangement. Could do with more vertical thickening of chords. It's, it's a fun song, but it's just missing so many opportunities for things that would just make it work better. Uh, things from the original, um, like dun, 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 which in the original are, are sort of solid triads, but just really sound very clunky in this version.
God Only Knows by the Beach Boys, uh, Happy Face. There's some very clunky harmonic moments. It's not very faithful to the original. It, again, it's like more like um, a classical paraphrase on the song. The, the original song was good, so this is enjoyable enough. They, they haven't completely destroyed it. Again, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston, I've written, sounds like a pop song has been given to a classical arranger. The rhythms and coordination between the hands can be uh, tricky, but yeah, it just sounds overly classical in style for, for my taste. And then we've got the song Attention, very faithful to the original. There's some tricky rhythms. Uh, there's a left-hand funk bass line, which I love. Um, it's, it's tricky coordination, but I really, really loved, uh, in particular, that left-hand funk bass line. Uh, it's going to be quite challenging. Um, but again, you can do a lot of the teaching by rote, but really, really enjoyed this one. The song She, I've written this is a poor choice of song because the vocal melody just doesn't work on the piano and it's hard to play. The middle section leading to the climax works works well uh, because it doesn't have the vocal melody, but it, it, in my opinion, it just wasn't a good choice. Uh, we've got the song King of Anything. Again, I think it was probably chosen because it had quite a catchy piano hook. But then that hasn't even been used in this arrangement. So why did they go for it? Um, so there's a new intricate complex arrangement instead of that simple piano riff that was the thing that made the original sound so good. But the, the arranger obviously thought that that was a bit tricky, that piano hook to combine with the melody.
There's the song uh, If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys. Uh, uh, a student of mine wanted to do this not so long ago, so uh, uh, was quite familiar with this one. Uh, uh, it's got a smiley face here. You almost couldn't go wrong sticking to the original, but the bass line in this arrangement is very clumsy. I think it wouldn't have been difficult to arrange it a little bit more convincingly. So, you know, it's still enjoyable, but I think it could have been improved a little bit. We've got the song A Thousand Miles. It's got a smiley face. The piano hook from the original is a winner, uh, but the vocal melody isn't really suited for the piano. But this arrangement is still fun to play and sounds as good as it's possible to sound on a solo piano. So the, the, the arranger did the best job that they could with it. And to finish with, a uh, smiley face for the song Just The Way You Are. Um, even though this is quite an old song, I think, yeah, this song transcends time and uh, generations. And it's a very piano-y song. So I've written in many ways, this is the closest arrangement in these books to, to a song in a pop style. But there are still some very odd moments. Almost like Nikki Isles just couldn't help herself. It's like she just had to do something a bit outside, <laughs> which, in my opinion, just didn't work all that well. Um, like, for example, it's nice to have some tritone substitutions in there, but I don't think they were really necessary or appropriate for a, for a pop song in an ABRSM book. Great if you're interested in jazz. So, you know, there, there's lots that I would edit here and, and fix personally, you know, but the main hook works really nicely. Now, just a, a quick point about the recordings that you have free access to with these books. Some of you may have listened to me moaning uh, about just how annoyingly fiddly it was to get hold of the recordings from the latest ABRSM uh, 
grade books, like, you know, grades uh, initial to eight um, in the uh, uh, 2023, 2024 syllabus. And so I, when it came to these books, I was just going, oh, my God, I've got to try and, you know, download the MP3s to have a listen to those as well. But as it happens, the audio that, that accompanies these books actually comes from the Hal Leonard website, not the ABRSM website. And it's so easy. Um, well, apart from one gripe, which is that you can't just download them all in one go. If you want to download the MP3s, you have to do them all one by one, which is annoying. You know, 20 individual ones in the first book, 16 in the second book. But you actually can just play them direct on the Hal Leonard website. And by the way, you don't even need a login. You can create a login, but um, they give you the option to just put the code in so that you don't have to create a login. I really like that. So anyway, um, if you listen to the songs directly on the Hal Leonard website, they've got an, an audio player and they've got some quite neat things on there. Like you can change the speed, you can transpose it. I'm not sure why you'd want to transpose it, but you can. Um, but you can also loop within bits of the song. Now, the ability to loop within bits of the song and slow it down is going to be brilliant for some people if they want to practice kind of playing along with trickier um, rhythmic bits. They can just play in a loop something, slow it down, try and play along with it. This is so useful. Again, this is something that, that um, Rock School do very, very well. Uh, they've got their learning platform. I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to try not to talk about it too much right now because it's not that relevant. But Rock School uh, have an online learning platform where they have an amazing uh, what do you call it? You know, you, you follow the sheet music, you can set loops, you can change the speed. And I've used it with my students in the past. It's nice to see something similar-ish. It's, it's a bit more basic, but it's nice to see that on the Hal Leonard website. Um, so so that's that's good. That That's a win, um, the availability, the easy availability uh, of the audio uh, combined with with that nice functionality. So to sum up, it's a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Well done, ABRSM, for um, dipping your toe in the waters of pop music. I, there, there's a, there, there is a lot to love about this. You know, there, there, I, no, I've, been, I've been quite critical. But then, you know, ABRSM are such a high-level institution that, you know, if, if they're going to release a new book of pop music, I'm going to set the bar quite high for them. Now, I think that for most people, especially the grades four or five book, I think if you're already doing ABRSM pieces and you're at the higher grades four and five, the arrangements are good enough. Quite a few that have had my smiley face on them that I think they're good enough, that they, they, they're not awful. <laughs> uh, they're enjoyable enough. I'm not really quite so sure about the the initial grade to, to grade three book. It depends how fussy you are, you know. I, I think um, some of them are enjoyable enough, but I also think that there are other books and, and uh, other examination boards that do it better. However, you know, if you're really invested in ABRSM, you're mostly doing ABRSM and you want to also throw in some pop stuff, you're probably going to enjoy enough some of the stuff from this book. I think what it does highlight, it highlights that there's a massive gap in the market for pop music that has been graded, and especially at the lower grades, and also for, for pop music that is arranged in a consistent way 
for at consistent difficulty levels. You know, there's so many method books that very gradually lead people by the hand in increasing levels of difficulty with classical music that sort of very gradually make the arrangements more complicated. And there isn't really anything equivalent that does that with pop music, other than rock school, really, as far as I'm aware of. And so really, there's a huge gap in the market for this. And so ABRSM are leaping in with this very gradually ascending difficulty level pop music. There's very, very little stuff that does that. So if you're after like the equivalent of a method book that very gradually leads you through pop music, then yeah. And and especially if you want it to be solo music, then well, what else have you got other than these ABRSM pop performer books? So that's a definite pro. That That's a good thing. That's something to to love about it, I guess. So it has its place. Uh, I think in future books, I would like to see them focus more on, you know, is, uh, are these books for your younger students? Are they for the older students? If they're for the younger ones, you know, make them just a bit more visually appealing. Uh, I think um, for my younger students, I'd be a little bit, cautious about recommending these books to them because they just seem a bit boring in in visually um you know nothing to do with with how they sound but you know they they do sound a bit a bit clunky and 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 boring which the which the rock school debut grade one grade two they, they just don't they they sound much more like you're playing with a band so anyway um, hope that's useful for everybody and well done for sticking with that another massive epic long review if you've got this far so um, as always um, if you enjoyed this podcast and it was useful please do take the time to um, to review and and rate and and all the stuff that that helps people um, come across the podcast I am available for online lessons for people who are interested and I do teach pop music and uh, I do teach how to get that kind of pop sound that people have who may not have the classical chops. So for people who are at a a lower technical level, there are ways to sound like you know what you're doing uh, without too much effort. So um, I'm going to try and make some YouTube videos about this at some point. Um, I do have a YouTube channel. It's the same name as the podcast. It's Heart of the Piano. But uh, anyway, thanks very much for listening and for Uh, staying with us this far do subscribe to be notified about future podcast episodes and i'll see you at the next one so take care and goodbye